Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Continue with my teaching on kingdom principles of wealth creation. We have been trying to study four different areas of this topic. We have finished with the first one. The first one talks about reasons why Christians become poor. It's very important for you to know why Christians become poor so that when you, you are poor, you will know it's not the devil. Amen. The second thing we are looking at is why does God want Christians to be rich? The question is, does God want Christians to be rich? My answer is yes. Why? Because the Bible says so. The Bible said in the book of 3 John verse 2, the amplified version, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. Amen. We've looked at two important reasons why God wants you to be rich. The number one reason why God wants you to be rich is that he wants you to live a comfortable life. You cannot be comfortable in life when you are poor. When you are poor, you can never be comfortable. The second reason why God wants you to be rich is so that you can be a blessing to other people. And we look at different categories of people that God wants you to be a blessing to. Today, we want to look at the last two. The third reason why God wants you to prosper is to finance the gospel. To finance the gospel. Now, God's greatest concern on earth today is the spreading of the gospel. Is the salvation of souls. God's greatest concern on earth today is the salvation of souls. If there's anything God is most concerned about, is how everyone who hasn't heard the gospel yet should hear it and be saved. Hallelujah. The Bible said in, in 1 Timothy 2, verse 3 and 4, New King James Version. So for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, verse 4, who desires all men to be saved and to what? Come to the knowledge of the truth. God's greatest desire is that all men, all human beings, anytime you, have, you see that word men, it talks about mankind, including women also. All human beings should be what? Saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So Jesus established the church for Six different reasons, probably seven different reasons. The number one purpose for the church is spreading the gospel, preaching the gospel. That is the number one. There are many other reasons why the church exists, but the number one is spreading the gospel, making lost souls hear the good news that brings salvation to all mankind. In the book of Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus was living. The last thing Jesus said before he left the earth. And I can say the last words of every human being is important. People reserve the best for the last. I mean, if Jesus had a lot to say, and, then, and yet he decided that this one, I will wait till the day I'm leaving, then I will tell them this. It means it is a very important thing. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person. Go into all the world, all the world. It means everywhere in the world, everywhere in the world, everywhere, in Australia, in Asia, in Europe, in America, in Africa, in the villages, and in the cities, every corner of the world, 
every tribe and tongue, preach the gospel to every creature. And this statement was made on Mount Olives in Israel. Today, the gospel is in Ghana. Why? Because the people who heard it obeyed and started spreading the word until it got to Ghana, until it got to my village, and it continues to spread because some people decide to obey this mandate. Verse 16 says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So Jesus was telling them, when you preach, people will believe and they will be saved. They will be saved. Matthew's account gave more, more detail to this. In Matthew 28, 18, he said, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. In other words, God has made me the overall authority on earth, the supreme power and controller. And that is what Jesus is. That is whom he is. Amen. That is why we need to talk about him. No, nobody is more important than him. Nobody is more powerful than him. Nobody can change lives more than Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 19. He said, go therefore, because all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, go and make disciples. Who is a disciple? A follower of Jesus Christ. A student. In other words, make people to become my students. Don't only get them saved, but teach them the knowledge of the truth so that they can become true followers of Christ. That is what Matthew's account is saying. Make disciples of all nations. Jesus said to them, a few handful of people, I think there were about 500 people, according to Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, there were about 500 on Mount, of, on the, on Mount Olives. The last people Jesus spoke to before he left. He said, make disciples of all nations. That's an audacious statement. At that time, there was no microphones, there was no aeroplanes, there was no internet, there was no television, there was no radio, but Jesus had the audacity to speak to 500 people on top of a mountain and said, make sure every nation become my followers. And Jesus gave this mandate that it has to be executed globally, globally, everywhere in the world. Hear the gospel. Amen. And the reason why they needed to go and preach the word is because people can never be saved unless they hear the word of God. Let's read the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 13. It says, For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, whether it's black, white, American, Indian, Chinese, no matter who the person is, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, Jesus, come into my life and save me. The Bible said that person shall be saved. Amen. But verse 14 asks an important question. It says, how then shall they call on him? in whom they have not first believed. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How can people call on the name of the Lord when they have not even heard of him before? The people need to hear about Jesus and his teachings before they can make up their mind. And every now and then, there are people around us who still haven't heard the gospel. They've heard preachings, but not the gospel. Hallelujah. Yeah. How shall they believe on him whom they have not heard. And how shall they hear without a 
preacher. How shall they hear this without a preacher? How shall they hear the gospel without a preacher? So there has to be a preacher. There has to be what? A preacher. For people to hear the gospel, there has to be a preacher. And making the voice of the preacher heard, there's a lot of process to it. There's a lot of activity that constitutes the spreading of the gospel. When we say the gospel of Jesus should get to the whole world, it involves activities that cost money. So let's think about it. How can the gospel be spread? For the gospel to keep spreading, we have to build churches. The number one key to spreading the gospel is building churches. Why do churches exist? To win souls. Since this church started in this community, many souls have been won for the Lord. Amen. There are people who will never have been born again if not for this church. So the number one key to spreading the gospel is building of churches. And when I say churches, I mean good churches. If God wants the gospel to spread more, more churches have to be built. Hallelujah. And please, building churches involves money. It takes money to start a church. Since I took over this church, we've done seven churches. Every church for us to start, it takes a lot of money. You have to get a meeting place. Everything that goes into starting the church, you all know, is money. Chairs, equipment, renting of the meeting place. Only one place we got for free out of the seven. Only one place we got, which is a school. Only one place we got for free. Every other place we had to spend money. Hallelujah. Building churches. It costs money to build churches. Praise the Lord. But the souls that are saved by the building of those churches, the salvation of the souls is worth more than the money you spent in starting a church. Did you get what I just said? Even if it's one person who got saved, that one person's salvation is worth more than all the money you pumped into starting a church. So starting churches and running churches, it costs money. And every church is existing, among other things, continually continue to reach out and win souls. Training pastors. You know why there are so much mess on our airwaves, on our TV stations? A lot of mess you hear around with pastors, with prophets every day is because of poor training. To train a pastor to become a competent spiritual leader that can lead people to Christ and prepare them for heaven and, and minister effectively to their lives so that they can fulfill destiny, it takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of training. And it costs money. Hallelujah. Being a pastor is a difficult job. It's not for ignorant people. To be a, a good pastor, you must be knowledgeable. You must learn a lot. Hallelujah. You can't go to a Bible school for two months and say you are a pastor. You, you are just joking. You are joking. Amen. To be a doctor is nine years. To be a lawyer now, I don't know. To be a lawyer, um, Maxwell, six, six, sometimes more than that. Only pastoring, people believe one month you can become a pastor. No wonder we see mess. But to tell you the truth, sometimes there are people called of God genuinely who don't have the means to get the requisite training that it requires. Because they are poor. That is why I personally take responsibility for paying everybody I've sent to the Bible school in this church. I pay their fees. Amen. I pay their fees. 
Nobody has ever paid my fees before in Bible school. But I have come to understand the importance of training. I pay their fees. Training pastors is expensive. Amen. I have a first degree in theology. I have a master's degree in leadership. It costs money. Praise the Lord. Number three, paying pastors. How many of you think pastors should be paid? Hallelujah. You know, Paul says something in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 11 to 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 11 to 14. He said, if we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If others are partakers of this right, when you go to a mechanic and he finishes working, you pay him. When you go to the barbering shop and the hair salon, when the hairdresser finishes, you know, I don't even know which word to use. When he finishes taking good care of your hair nicely, you pay him. When you go to the hospital and the doctor treats you, you pay. Even when you go and watch football at the stadium, you pay. Paul said, if others are partakers of this right, it's a right for anybody who works and solves problems in your life, for you to pay the person. It's a right. It's not a favor. Amen. He said, nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things, lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Verse 14. I will explain this statement. Even so, everybody look at this scripture. Don't pretend to be reading. Even so, the Lord has what? This is a commandment from Jesus Christ himself. When you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you won't see anywhere where Jesus gave such a command. But Apostle Paul is saying that the Lord gave a command. And there are things Jesus said that others did not talk about. Paul had to come talk about it. And this is one of them. And what was the command? He said, those who preach the gospel should what? Live from the gospel. They shouldn't go run business to take care of themselves. Why? They can be distracted. Their focus can be diverted. They may not have time for you the way I have. Though the pastor can devote all his time, focus, energy, effort on you so you can be a blessing. Praise the Lord. They should live from the gospel. So it is important that people who preach the gospel should be paid. That means anytime we are opening a new church, we pay money to train the pastors, and the pastors must be paid. That is how we keep spreading the gospel and winning souls. All right. Crusades. It's so expensive to, to run one crusade. In the olden days, I remember crusades used to be so long, one week, sometimes two weeks. You see one church doing crusade for two weeks. Can you imagine the impact on the community for an anointed man of God to be preaching in one community for two weeks? The impact would be great. The stubborn ones who won't come the first week, at least by the second week, the power of God will touch them in their homes, they will come. But these days, crusades have reduced, maximum three days. You know why? Because of money. Because of money. Hallelujah. Yeah, the last time Benihim came to Ghana at the Accra Sports Stadium for a crusade, I was involved a little bit in the prayer. Look, crusades that really, really bring multitudes to Christ, it costs a lot of money. A lot of money. 
But we need to keep financing crusades. Even if we can't do it as a church, we need to keep encouraging and financing evangelists to go out there and do crusades. Amen. There are people called to go out and, and do crusades. And they need help from us Christians. Crusade is part of spreading the gospel. Hallelujah. Then, what about media broadcasts? Every week, I get phone calls. And every week, we put out there very good teachings from this church. At the end of the teaching, there's an altar call. I don't know how many people through our radio broadcasts have given their life to Christ yet. But even if it's only one, it is worth the money we spent. Somebody will say, ha, ah, that's a lot of money. But think about the lives that have been changed. Think about the souls that have been saved. You know, last time I, I had a call from an old man. He called me. That day I was so happy. I said, I'll continue to do this work for God. I was so happy. I said, I will, no matter the difficulty, it is worth it. But this man called me, and he didn't know whether to cry or to, he didn't know what to do. He just said, Osofo, God bless you. He said, the things you are teaching, if some of us, if we are even pastors, if we were to know it, we could have done more for God. We could have done more for God. He said, never let anything discourage you from teaching the things you are teaching. Continue to teach it. He said, I have personally decided to keep praying for you every day. Hey! That day, I was, I was too excited. He said, Pastor, continue, don't let anything discourage you. We have to put the gospel out there on radio. It, it's a blessing. It's blessing people every week. But you see, to put the message on radio, it costs money. The reason why we can't go, we can't get on more stations is because we still need more money. And that is why God wants to bless you more. Amen. Oh, you didn't say amen at all. Amen. God wants to bless you more. I am giving you reasons why you should, you should stretch your faith and believe God to bless you. And I'm giving you reasons why when God begins to bless you, have money, you don't allow the money to make you to stop messing around. God, there's so much important use for the money. You know, I expect that a day will come when somebody will talk to me and say, Pastor, this year, my commitment to God is I want to start one church. I'm going to buy the land for the church. I'm going to build a building on the church. I'm going to supply all the equipment and everything. You just put it on me. I'm going to pay. And if you can do at least one in your lifetime, especially in your hometown. Me, I started a church in my hometown. How can you live as a Christian all your life? At least build one chapel in your hometown for Jesus. Listen, building a chapel is an, a generational blessing. Your descendants to the hundredth generation will continue to enjoy blessings from that one act. Stop telling me about how many houses you have. Build one church in your village alone for God. This place is quiet. Hallelujah. Media broadcast. So I am believing God that... As I pray and study and work hard, God will bless people here. Amen. I am waiting for the day somebody will come and say, Pastor, the whole of this year, I'm taking one radio station. I'm going to just pay. Listen, God will bless you more. You will never reduce when you do these things. You will not reduce. But you see, it starts with a little. It starts with a little. That even if it's 10 CDs every month, Lord, this is my little for the radio program. 
I ask that you bless me more. I'm going to do more for you. That is where you start from. Hallelujah. Yeah, and, and that is just radio. We need to go on TV. Every day we are complaining about the wrong people on TV. But the right people are not going on the TV. And <laughs> you know why? Because they don't know why they should spend money going there. They think it's too expensive. There are many churches that can afford going on TV, but they don't want to go because they think it's too expensive. But you see, the wrong people go there because the fact that you don't want to go does not mean nobody should go. If the right people are on TV, nobody will watch the wrong people. Amen. Yeah. And listen, I don't want to go on TV because I want to be famous and popular because I know that things we teach here, it can bless many people all over the world. Yeah, I believe so. I'm convinced that the things you learn, the things I teach every week can bless many people. To go on TV, it costs money. Hello? To put the gospel on social media, it costs money. To put the gospel on the media, costs money. The next one is outreach missions. Printing more Bibles. You know, there are still languages that we don't, they don't have a Bible. Yeah, that's the work of the Ghana Bible Society. It won't spoil anything at all. If one day in your lifetime you want to sign a check of one million Ghana cities to print more Bibles, to finance mission outreach programs, then performing charity and social intervention programs. You know, the gospel goes hand in hand with charity. There are people you can't preach to them and leave them the way you, you met them. Recently, one of my friends went to do um, an outreach mission in the northern region. There's no water. There's no water in the whole town. They had to spend money. I think they spent about close to 50,000 to do a dam because even borehole, they can't get any water. Thick borehole, no water is coming out. So they had to build a dam and waiting for any rainfall to collect in it. But he said there's literally no water in the village. In Ghana. And there are poor people out there who need the support of the church. Hello? Yes, there are poor people who need the support of the church. I'm not talking about people who have become lazy and won't do anything with their lives. I'm talking about genuinely needy issues. An orphan who is brilliant and dropping out of school, the church must pay their fees. I thought I was going to hear an amen. I get surprised when people think the church should not pay a needy church member's fees. I get surprised about that. Because if that same girl who doesn't have any support from anywhere begins to sleep with somebody's husband because he needs money to pay his fees, we complain. And sometimes, maybe if some of those helpless girls had got help, they wouldn't be chasing people's husbands. Hallelujah. So, I want to show you something from Jesus' model. In Luke chapter 8, in Luke chapter 8, how did Jesus run his ministry? He said, now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom. That's the gospel. Jesus went through every city and every village. Jesus did not miss out on one city or another. He made sure that in his day, every city and every village had him. He visited there. And he went there preaching the gospel. And the twelve were with him. Now listen, when Jesus called these twelve people, each of them were working. The twelve people who were with Jesus 
Full time. Jesus told them, leave what you are doing. Jesus called Matthew at the tax office. Leave your work. James and John were fishermen. Leave your work. Come and follow me. Peter and uh, their brother, Andrew, they were fishing. Leave what you are doing. The Bible said that 12, it means it is Jesus' responsibility to make sure that himself and these 12 people, they eat every day and they have good clothing as they move around from city to city, village to village. It means he needed money. Even Jesus, the Savior, he needed money to finance his ministry. How did he do it? Look at verse 2. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses, infirmities, sickness. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come out seven demons. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who did what? They did what? They provided for him from where? Their substance. I'm surprised no man was mentioned. No man's name was mentioned. We'll investigate that another day. Praise God. May your name enter the records of heaven one day. That when the gospel was being preached from life gate. You know, I've said this sound like a joke all the time. I'm looking forward to the day from here. I'm going to train missionaries. I'm going to train pastors and send to Europe to start a church. Do you know what it means to start one church in Europe? We're going to do it. Tend to tell him we will do it. Amen. If you don't believe it, that's your problem. I don't have that problem at all. I believe that we will start ICGC churches in Europe, in Asia. The first time I went to Asia, I said, God, one day when you bless me, I want to see ICGC in this place. Yes. I want to see ICGC in Korea, in Japan, in Singapore, in Malaysia. It takes money, people. It takes money. Hallelujah. The Bible said there were women who had been healed of sicknesses and disease. In other words, Jesus first blessed their, their lives. And when they got blessed, they saw needs. And it is important that as you keep coming to this church and God is blessing you, you should not close your eyes to the needs in the church. That is ungodly. That is evil. And the Bible said, they provided for the Lord Jesus out of their possessions, out of their substance, out of their possessions. And the Bible said their names were recorded and many others. They provided. That is how Jesus has so much money. He had to get somebody to be in charge of money. Judas Iscariot was the money keeper. He is the son of God. He could have worked any miracle and had money, but he wanted to show an example, a model that will be followed. People of God, Without money, the gospel won't get anywhere. The gospel will not get anywhere. You know, one day I was traveling to a program in the Volta region. I think I was went to go with Pastor Derek. We got to a village, one very remote village. There was a mosque, nicely built mosque, which you can tell the money did not come from the village. It's a very small village, farming community. There was a nice mosque. There was no church. But I know there might be churches in the town, but there was no church building. Because all the churches might be meeting in classrooms, and they are anointed. There are rich people who can even shamelessly go to their church in a classroom. And not mind, pack their cars and go sit down in a classroom, worship, and when they go, they go home. 
to nice houses. Nothing tells you something's wrong with you. Hallelujah. Yeah. It takes money today to win the world. Let me say that again. Jesus said, win the world for Christ. It takes money to win the world. If we preach every day that people to give to God, it is because there is a need. It is not because the pastor wants your money to spend on himself. There are needs. Yeah, there are needs. Amen. I want to show you one more, one more example today. Let me, let me show you Apostle Paul's example in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 7 to 9. He said, did I commit sin in humbling myself that you might be exalted because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge? Apostle Paul said, I preach the gospel free. Anytime you receive a blessing of God free in church, somebody else is paying for it. The gospel can never be free. Somebody pays for it. Are you here? Apostle Paul was putting value on the gospel when he said, it's free. Read the next verse. He said, I robbed other churches, taking wages. What is a wage? What is a wage? Dr. Alikem. What's the synonym of a wage, wages? Salary or income? Apostle Paul said, I robbed other churches, taking wages from them to minister to you. Verse 9. And when I was present with you and in need, I was a burden to no one. For what I lack, the brethren who came from Macedonia supplied. And in everything, I kept myself from being burdensome to you, and so I'll keep myself. Now, if you study the book of Corinthians, you, re you realize that Paul had a big problem with the Corinthian church. They were very stubborn people. And there were people in that church who said, Apostle Paul is not a true apostle because he was not with the twelve who were with Jesus. So there was a rebellion against him, even though he's the one who started the church. So Apostle Paul decided as a matter of principle that that church, he would never take a penny from them. And so when Paul was in Corinth, all the time he stayed there, he worked as a tent maker to make money. And then he gets money from the Macedonian church, which is the church of the Philippians. Paul said, I lack. Think about Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul had a whole team of people working with him. Luke was there, was a medical doctor who, who records his work. I mean, Timothy was with him. Silas, a whole lot of people. At least every time Apostle Paul is somewhere doing ministry work, there were a minimum of 10 people with him. Tell me how they lived. And it's full time. For the gospel to spread and make an impact, somebody must pay. Somebody must pay. I want to be one of such people. Let's read verse 10. As the truth is in Christ, no one shall stop me from boasting in the regions of Achaia. So Apostle Paul decided that even though those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel, he will not take money from everywhere. And that's an important thing I wanted to see today. When you refuse to give to the work of God, God will provide from another source. Let me end by saying this. God is not happy when he blesses you and you neglect the gospel. God is not happy when he blesses you and you neglect the gospel. If you are here and you know that by your coming to this church, you are seeing increase constantly in the blessings of God over your life, in your finances, ask yourself, how can I finance the gospel? What can I do to get the work of God going? What can I do? Ask yourself every time. You don't need encouragement to pay your tithes to God. You don't need special appeal. You don't need a phone call from me 
before you pay your tithe. That should call. I haven't seen your tithe. When is it coming? I'm still praying with you. The Lord touched your heart. No, 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 no. Praise the Lord. You don't need any manipulations to give to God in the offerings every week. Like we had today, it's part of our worship. Amen? And let me say, you don't even need to wait for me to come stand here, you know, who will give God 10,000, who will give 5,000, who will give this. I'm praying for the day God will bless you. Hallelujah. And you get up and do things for God in the house of God without me asking you to do it. How many of you can say amen to that? God is not happy when he blesses you and you neglect his house. It is called his house. The church is his house. The more concerned you are about the church, the more he sees you as concerned about his house, and the more he wants to increase your finances. The blessing of God is in levels. If you increase your commitment to the blessings of God, he increases how much blessing you receive. And I pray for you today that God will bless you and increase you in everything that you do so that you can continue to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.